What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. As some of y'all may know, I have been supplementing some of Calder's feedings with Bobby over the past four months, and we have been loving it. One of the main reasons why we chose Bobby when we knew we were going to add formula to Calder's feeding is because of their high quality ingredients and simple recipe. As the only mom-led and founded infant formula company in the U.S. with an organic European-style recipe that meets all FDA standards, they continue to set the bar as the leading clean infant formula. And they recently have received the Clean Label Project Purity Award and pesticide-free certification. This is huge. And really what this means, the Clean Label Project, it evaluates products for substances that would never be found on the product label. So things like heavy metals, pesticide residues, and plasticizers. And the fact that Bobby received this award gives me the confidence as a parent and the peace of mind knowing that what Calder is getting and ultimately what's going into his body contains all the ingredients that his body needs and nothing that it doesn't. So if you're in need of a high quality formula to feed your baby, Bobby definitely has my stamp of approval. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E to order yours today and use promo code DylanMurphy10 so you can get 10% off. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Amy Gartenberg. I realized I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name, so I hope I just pronounced that correctly. (laughs) Yes, you got Um, it. (laughs) Yes, good. Well, Amy is a psychotherapist and a life coach located in Nashville, Tennessee, and her work centers around helping people break free from others' expectations and live a life that feels authentically theirs, and that is what we're going to talk about a lot today, so I'm really excited to have Amy on the show. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Dylan. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. So I would love to get started just by giving you some time to introduce yourself and even tell us a little more of how you got into the work that you do today. Yeah, so um, I'm a psychotherapist with a practice in Nashville, Tennessee, and then um, I have a life coach practice as well that I'm able to offer um worldwide. And um, my work really focuses on helping people feel and step into a life that really feels like it aligns with their desires and the things that they authentically want. And a lot of times my clients come to me in a place of feeling really, really stuck and unsure of how they got there and kind of looking around at their life being like, do I even like this? Um, and and then from there, we're able to look at the beliefs that got them there, the expectations that got them there, and start dismantling things to rebuild a life that they're in love with. And mm. um, I think I'm so passionate about this work because of my own story. And, um, and I found myself 
you know, in my mid twenties, um, with a life that looked really beautiful on paper and, um, you know, like I had the relationship, I had a great job. I was, I was living in California and like all of these things, um, I was eating all the ways like we're told to eat, right? Like I was like plant-based. I had done the whole yeah. 30. I was doing all these things. I was doing so much yoga and like all the things. And, um, and still life felt like super, I don't know, almost empty and um, just like it wasn't the life that I wanted to be living at all. And I couldn't put my finger on why. And if I was doing all these things that were quote unquote, right you know and so from there um like started working with my own coaches and my own therapists throughout the years and was really able to break down um different different parts and rebuild so like I moved across the country I moved to a city that felt aligned for me um I started dating people that I authentically wanted to date Mm -hmm. I began tuning into my body and doing workouts and eating in a way that felt really, really good and nourishing. And um, yeah. And so I think it's my own story that just brought me really naturally and organically into this work. Mm. I love hearing all that. Cause I, I feel like we live in a culture right now where it's easy to look at other people's lives and think like, okay, I need to do that. They seem so happy. If I just have that job or eat that way or look like her then it's going to bring me fulfillment and knowing, like you even said, like maybe you thought you had checked all the boxes of like, my life is exactly how I want it to be. But then you sit back and think like, but is it really like, am I really happy where I am? And I think a lot of people reach that place of like, I don't know if this is like, this doesn't feel like I thought it would. Yeah. Exactly. And I think especially like in the age of Instagram now and like mm-hmm. just oh social gosh, media yeah. in general. Yeah. Like it's so easy to look at like what's making other people happy and be like, that, mm-hmm. that's what we need to get to um, in order to feel happy ourselves. But really like we're not tuning into our intuition and that's yeah. going to be the biggest guiding force. Mm. One thing that stood out to me too, is talking through like a life that feels in alignment for you and, and living a life that, you know, you enjoy and doing things that you desire. How does someone even like figure that out for themselves? Like, how do they figure out like, what does align with me? What are my values? What is important to me? Like, what would that work look like for someone? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I think the first thing is getting honest about the fact that things don't feel good. And Mm -hmm. I think like that's what generally keeps people stuck for the longest period of time is just really trying to make something fit that doesn't fit. It's almost like, um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, like, you know, um, like trying to fit like a square peg into a round hole sort of thing. Right. Like, and it's like over, over and over again. And so finally when you're like, you know what, like, I'm a square peg and I'm just going to embrace the fact that like I need a square hole. So, um, so I think first getting honest about that. And then from there, I think generally people's intuitive voices are so small at at that time. And I don't, I think your intuition always stays with you. I think the more that we um, choose to ignore it, it, that voice can get smaller and weaker because it's not being listened to. So I think a big 
a big next step that people can take is just this practice of trial and error. And like, you know what, I think this is what I want to do today. And that might be in relation to what you want to eat or how you want to move or um, who, like, I think I want to go on a date with this person, um, any of those things. And trying to trust that and then getting the information, the feedback afterwards, you know, and like, mm. and journaling can be a really good practice of like, you know, this was what I, what I felt like I wanted to do. It ends up feeling really good or it didn't. And this is how I knew it didn't feel really good. And it's, it's kind of like relearning and re-meeting yourself in that intuitive mm. way. Yeah. I love that. And I'm sure that can be, I know that can be scary for people to kind of do that trial and error. Like what does feel good for me? What does feel, you know, like I'm living a full happy life. And sometimes it takes, like you said, trying things and, and realizing like, Oh, that's not for me. Like, and even you talked about, you were living in California and something as drastic as like living in this city doesn't feel aligned to me. So I'm going to pick up and move. And, you know, I know sometimes it's not as big and drastic as like moving across the country, but being okay with kind of tapping into that discomfort that that probably brings to figure out what feels aligned with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. Because it's so easy to kind of smash that intuitive voice, I think, mm-hmm. by by like allowing your fear voice to come out. And mm-hmm. that's why it's really helpful, I think, to work with some sort of, you know, outside support system, whether that be a yeah. therapist or a coach or a mentor, just a really great friend to help you identify that, but like, um, oh, maybe you're feeling like, I don't want to move across the country, even though intuitively that's what you want, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of fear involved with that. And so mm-hmm. can we, can we start to peel that apart and look at what feels really scary? Like who, who says that you need to stay in this place? Why does that feel important to you? Who's expecting? are you breaking if you move you know mm-hmm. and so really taking that apart um and outside support can be really helpful just looking at that and um and being able to name mm, that doesn't sound like you it sounds like just a bunch of fear mm, that's good and and you brought up expectations and like you know letting go of other people's expectations breaking free mm-hmm. from those what role do you see someone's expectations playing on like if you have a client come to you and kind of the weight of whether it's family or friends or coworkers, like those expectations, how do you see that impacting their own decisions and their own like life in general? Mm. So how, how other people's expectations influence impact someone, someone? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think, I think, people are all really unique in how much they allow something like that to affect them. Mm, And generally the people that I get to see, especially in my coaching practice are people that have really allowed that to affect them. Mm. And I know, cause like I, I was 100% that way. Like I was the biggest people pleaser, the biggest like white knuckler. I'm going to hang on to something for dear life, even if it's not Mm. for me anymore, you know, um, because, the idea of letting other people down can feel incredibly scary. And um, so a lot of the work is like unpacking what feels really scary about that. Um, Like what would it mean to let your family down or your friends down or your coworkers down? And um, a lot of times people that 
are are allowing expectations to dictate their life um, are really fearful of stepping into their own power. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know, I think that's incredible work because there's so much there, right? And like, they, yeah, we have the capacity to bring like such beauty and unique experiences into the world. But a lot of times we're really fearful of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious as far as like journeying to kind of let go of someone's like other people's expectation of ourself. I know it's not as easy as just saying like, well, don't let it bother you. Just do what you want. Move on. Like it's that easy. Like I know that's not, (laughs) it's not that easy. So what, what does that even look like to start that journey of letting go of other people's expectations? Like, moving into what feels true to you and maybe even finding this is like now 10 questions in one, but finding like, who are the people that I do care about? Like not care about what they think, but like that I value their opinion. Like, what does that look like versus, you know, these like expectations that I feel like I'm like this puppet and they're controlling me. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had heard once like, someone put a number on it like three to five people or something I don't I don't remember what it was but it's the idea that like there's really only a handful of people that you would go to to seek out advice for something like really challenging you were going through right and like that might be a best friend or a partner or like for some people a parent for some people that doesn't feel aligned but the idea that it's a really small group and so if you're like debating quitting your job and you're so worried about what your coworkers are going to think, well, those aren't one of the people that you turn to, right. For some real advice and guidance. So I think really stepping aside and thinking about who are the people in my life, whose opinions I actually value. Um, And even that, like, even if it is, you know, a friend, a parent, whatever it is, you can allow their, um, their opinions to, inform you but at the end of the day it's it's your own decision and coming back mm, into yeah. what feels good good to you but you're a hundred percent right I mean like you can't just be like okay don't worry about it like don't yeah. worry about other people's expectations because a lot of the time these are really really deep beliefs and they oftentimes more often than not go back to a younger part of our lives mm. so a lot of that is like inner child work and um mm getting familiar with where this belief even came from. Mm. So, you know, like when we're kids, of course we want to do what our parents expect us to do because we're dependent on them for resources and for love and all of these things. And as we get older, um, we can, we're not, that, that same need for resources isn't necessarily there. And, um, but some of the beliefs that are tied to that might be very, very strong still. Yeah. And so then how do you like dig into, I guess, like you mentioned that like inner child work and, and working to let go of beliefs that no longer serve you. Even if, you know, let's say you're 30 years old and it's a belief you've held on to since you were eight, like, what does it look like to let go of that? that's the work, you know, like, that's the the tough stuff. And like, I think if you're able to have someone to help guide you through that work, it can be really incredible. Um, But even to do it on your own, like, 
to get familiar with where that belief is. That might be some kind of journal prompt of like, when did this belief really serve me, Mm. you know, Um, and getting clear on that, where that came from, when it was really beneficial for you to hold on to that belief. Mm. Um, What feels scary about letting that belief go? That's a great Mm. one to write about. And um, asking that younger part of you that maybe still really feels like she needs to hold on to that belief, asking that younger part of you if there's anything that adults you can make um, can do to make her feel safe, which yeah. I know is kind of like trippy in your brain to yeah. think about. But, but a lot of times that younger part is like, I'm really afraid that if I don't do what um, my parents expect me to do, like that I'm going to be left out in the cold that no one's going to love me. Mm. And, you know, sometimes even going into a little visualization where you can mm. meet that younger part and tell her mm. that I'm always going to be here to love you. Yeah. And, mm. and sort of re- reparenting yourself in that way. Yeah, that that is so good. And I could see it being so hard to do when you have like lived experience that maybe like affirms the belief that you have, but then it's working mm. to move past that of like, but maybe that belief actually isn't true. Like, what if I let go of that? What if I, you know, left that in the past? And I know, I mean, even like you said, like that's where, the big work is. And that's where bringing someone else in, whether it is like a therapist or a coach or just a close friend, whatever it looks like, or is accessible to someone, but bringing someone else in, I feel like can be huge in that because I'm sure it's like, you know, peeling back an onion. It's like, there's so much to it that like, we can't even cover in like a podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah, or it's just, I mean, exactly. And and I think that each person, it's so unique because mm-hmm. there, for every single person, there's reasons that we hold on to old, old beliefs and outdated beliefs, and there's their own unique fears there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think just as like a very general tool to offer people is the idea of reparenting and, mm-hmm. um, and like remembering that you are an adult now and you have the power to go back and through visualization, through journaling, whatever it might be, like give that younger part of you the message that you are totally safe and here's yeah. how we're going to take care of you moving through this change. Mm. I think that can be so helpful for people like doing that work of like visualizing, going back and talking to your younger self. And even like, I, I talk about that a lot with clients when we're doing like body image or just food freedom work of thinking about, you know, being younger and looking at yourself in the mirror and not liking what you see or being, not feeling like you're meeting up to your mom's expectations and thinking about like, if you could go back to that eight year old you, what would you tell her? Like, what would you want her to feel, to believe? And can you tell yourself that now too? Because obviously we can't literally go back and rewrite you know change what happened but we can like go through that visually so that it can change how we see ourselves now oh yeah for sure like and I know some like some some clients are really open to that and they Mm -hmm. latch onto that idea like right away like yes let's do a visualization some clients it feels a bit um more strange or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to do that but the coolest thing is it doesn't matter how you approach it, like really enthusiastically or fearfully, fearfully. Um, I like across the board, I think it's 
incredible, such an incredible tool. Like mm-hmm. I think more often than not, people finish those visualizations and are just totally in tears because yeah. you, you do feel that on such a deep level of like giving younger you what you needed. Right. And a lot of times that's even like a hug. People will be in a, mm-hmm. in a visualization and be like, I just need to give younger me a hug. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no, she's safe. Mm-hmm. Gosh, mm-hmm. that is good. And I know, I mean, I, like you even mentioned, like the idea of visualization can sound like kind of just trippy or like, you know, uncomfortable to people, but I feel like there's so much power that can happen from that, um, of like opening yourself up to that. And even if it is uncomfortable, like allowing yourself to get uncomfortable and see what shows up, see what growth mm-hmm. may happen from that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So when it comes then kind of circling back to like the weight that we give to other people's expectations, um, what could be like for people listening who maybe are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, I feel like I'm like people pleaser to the core. What do you think can help people start to like shift away from that? Like what could be one thing they do? Um, Cause I think too, even like the phrase people pleaser, I think it's easy to just like, stand in that as our identity like yeah I'm just a people pleaser that's who Mm -hmm. I am but what what can help people actually like start to step out of that trying to think of like a really simple simple yeah I know all these things it's like come sit on my couch for sessions and we'll talk through it so much more (laughs) yeah I think like exactly because it's like that part of you that people pleaser part is like it she has served you in some way and i think that's a really that's usually the first step and that is something people can do on their own is like really look at like like how has that really served me and sometimes like acknowledging a part that we're trying to banish like oh i don't want to be a people pleaser i'm done with this when we really acknowledge like that part for um all the things that they have done it like it softens it it's really amazing to be like you know what like that people please are part of me like she helped me get that job like she like really helped me impress this person that at some time I thought it was good to impress and I'm really grateful for that and so you can even like write a love letter to that people please mm-hmm. part and really like thank her for all that she's done yeah. and say you know she's welcome to stay around you're gonna try doing things um another way also. Mm, That's so good. That makes you think we do kind of similar work with when it comes to like eating disorders and recognizing Mm -hmm. like there maybe was a time where your eating disorder like kept you safe and it felt like it was helping you even Mm -hmm. though you know it probably wasn't but maybe it kept kept you safe it helped there was some sort of thing about it that made it feel like home and so what does it look like to like recognize that reflect on like things that maybe if there is any like good that came from it but then recognizing like okay but I think it's time to turn a chapter it's time to walk away from that identity that I've held on to and step into something new Mm -hmm. I love that idea of like writing a letter because it's also not approaching it in like a shameful way of like gosh how why am I such a people pleaser like it's not as like negative. It's recognizing like, yes, I have identified like that. I have, you know, struggled with that. 
And now I want to, to move past from that because it doesn't serve me anymore. Right. Exactly. And like, I always say too, we never want to banish a part. Like we never want to be like, okay, like people pleaser, get out of here, you know, like, but we can ask that part if there's other things they want to do or like, or tell them that we're going to call upon them when like we are at an interview and we, and we want to impress someone. Right? Yeah. Like, there's going to, there's going to be roles for that part. And um, in the letter, you can say that and you're just going to ask it to step back from, from like kind of driving the bus. Right. Like mm. you get to, you still get to ride in the bus, but I adult me, I'm going to drive the bus right now. Yeah. That's so good. Like even recognizing where it may help you. And that kind of even goes back to what I asked or talked about in terms of like navigating, like what expectations and what opinions actually matter to you and what you need to let go of, like recognizing, okay, this, this part of people pleasing may actually serve me if I'm in an interview or if I'm, you know, working on this project at work that I want to make sure I, you know, perform my best on, like there's mm-hmm. that aspect that can be positive, but mm-hmm. it's easy for it, you know, to get to where it's like all consuming the idea of people pleasing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that, like that analogy of like, who's driving the bus, that's like, yeah, a really, I love that. A, like a good place mm-hmm. to come back to, you know, and it's, it's with eating disorder work too. It's like when someone's really like caught up in the throes of their eating disorder, the eating disorder is driving the bus. Yeah. You know? And um, it's a delicate you, a healthy mm. you that we want yes. driving the bus. Yeah. Cause then even with that, it's like, okay, if I'm driving the bus, who actually needs to be on the bus and are there things that need to get off the bus? Cause even thinking about yeah. eating disorder, it's like, okay, well there's behaviors from my eating disorder that need to get off the bus. But maybe there's, you know, maybe I learned to cook and now that's a skill that I do want to keep, but I'm going to cook in a different way. Like what, what needs to stay on the bus and what needs to get run over by the bus? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I love that. Like, yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, maybe there are skills like learning to cook that get to stay on. Um, but yeah, like as general, and as a general rule, like that, yeah. that eating, eating disorder can get off the bus. Yeah. We don't need it there. It's taking yeah. up way too much space. <laughs> yeah. Room for other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, well, Amy, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? If they want to work with you? Um, I know you mentioned as a therapist, you work in Nashville so you can see people in Tennessee and then you also are a life coach so you can see people really wherever they are um but yeah tell us a little more just about where people can find you and your offers yeah so um you can go to my website which is amygartenberg.com um and see all my offers there all my different offerings and I yeah I provide psychotherapy for anyone located in Tennessee and I have an office space here I also offer telehealth for people that prefer virtual um and then my life coach practice is what's great about coaching is i can offer it anywhere and so it doesn't matter where you are it's virtual um i just launched like three new coaching containers one's a three Mm -hmm. month one's one month one's six months for you know whatever your budget whatever your goals might be so i'm really excited about that and um, then you can also find me on Instagram at Amy Lynn LPC. Awesome. And the way I love to finish interviews, just kind of talking about even food freedom, which is um, you know the name of this podcast. And 
is asking guests what their favorite food memory is. Oh, that is such a good one. Um, I think one of my favorite food memories is cooking with my great grandma in her kitchen. Uh And she had like, yeah, we do like um, baking and I'm Jewish. We would make different, you know, like celebratory meals around the holidays um, in her kitchen. I remember and she had these red canisters um, where Mm -hmm. she would keep like the flour and everything. And um, I Somehow, some way, I got to keep those canisters. Um, so they're in my uh-huh. kitchen now, and they make me oh, really happy. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah. I feel like there's so many, anytime I ask that question to guests, so many answers revolve around, like, their grandma or their great-grandmother. Like, it's cool to see how they those people in our life have shaped food for us mm-hmm. or given us yeah. good food memories, I should say. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time um, to have this conversation today. Thank you, Dawn. It was so great. um, And I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.